favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. presentation with Mike and Ethan or Alf will not be seen tonight. Welcome back. We've got a real thing tonight to talk about. <laughs> Do we ever? I um uh you know I didn't I I was familiar with the comic in this case, but I did not know that it was also an animation. Uh so this was yes. this was fascinating because it did not go based just on knowing the comic. The cartoon did not go where I expected it to go at all. And that's not an unfamiliar thing, you know. When you look at newspaper comics that became animated series, I mean, look at uh, Heathcliff. Half of it was about characters that weren't even in the comics. It was about the Cadillac Cats, and then Garfield and Friends, for that matter. That was it was two two completely mixed up comic strips, actually, and. Even before then, the original Heathcliff cartoon was mixed up with Marmaduke, and then there was Heathcliff and Dingbat, a completely original character. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm sorry. So there are three Heathcliff cartoons? There are three Heathcliff cartoons. I am familiar, of course, with Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, the classic. Um, I, I've heard of Marmaduke and Heathcliff. Now, what is yes. Heathcliff and Dingbat? Heathcliff and Dingbat, well, it's not really... It's more like an anthology show, because it's not like they ever meet. You don't see a lot... You know, Heathcliff rarely interacted with the Cadillac Cats, but I don't think he ever interacted with Marmaduke, except for on the uh, opening screen. Mm -hmm. But uh, Heathcliff and Dingbat was Heathcliff cartoons, probably left over from Heathcliff and Marmaduke, mixed up with new cartoons about Dingbat, who is a dog vampire, who goes around with a overweight skeleton and a jack-o'-lantern who's their boss and they go around doing odd jobs in a kind of three stooges -y kind of thing oh okay so um okay so i get the joke ding bat dingo dog and bat so vampire dog well, it didn't even occur dingo part, i'm, I'm no. guessing um i could be wrong but i do know that joke was made on the wuzzles so that's where my brain instantly went Oh, really? Oh, I'll bet it was one of the same rivals. Do any of these uh, Heathcliff series feature Heathcliff wearing comical helmets with words on them? <laughs> nope. All right. That's straight from the comics. Well, they hopefully they'll they'll bring that back when or they'll bring that out when they yes. do the next Heathcliff series, which is going to be Heathcliff and the Garbage Ape. <laughs> I hope so. You know, I actually saw some promos for a. Uh, projected new Heathcliff cartoon, but it had a bunch of new characters that were clearly like XPs of the Cadillac Cats. Oh, but... mm, okay. Well, uh, it's just you can't do Heathcliff without the, the real... Well, okay. The heck is, I, I find it so fascinating the way that Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats works, because Heathcliff interacts with uh, Mongo 
Hector and Wordsworth, you know, the, yes. the assistant cats, he never... Sometimes. Sometimes. But he never interacts with um, Riff Raff, the leader of the Cadillac cats. No. And... And he never meets... He never meets Cleo. No, either, which no. Makes it all the weirder when... Uh, what's her girl's girl, Sonia. girlfriend's name? Is her name is Sonia. Sonia, yeah. Okay. I wanted to call her Sasha, but that was one of my cats. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sonia and Cleo never meet, which would be, that would be really weird, wouldn't it? Two extremely differently proportioned cat ladies. Yeah, because Sonia is basically like just a it, it, Heathcliff except white with a bow on her head. And but Cle- and she comes from the comics itself. Yeah, and Cleo is like a furry, basically. Um, yes. You know, she is, she or because she made a generation of children into furries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, um, I mean... Heathcliff is a normal cat that lives a normal life, and uh, Riff Raff lives in a junkyard and has a hot air balloon shaped like his face and a transforming car. So Riff Raff is cool. I like him. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the reason they can never meet, because they do meet once, and that's in the closing credits of the show, you know, where yes. where Heathcliff is wearing Riff Raff's hat, and Riff Raff steals it back from him. And it's very clear, okay, these are both dominant cats. If they met, they would have to fight. And they, oh, they just can't get along. And that's why Heathcliff can get along with the other Cadillac cats, because they're all, you know, they're they're subservient cats. So, you know, if they meet... That, that explains it. I'll bet they made a whole bunch of cartoons where Heathcliff and Riff Raff got to meet, or at least they scripted them, but every time they got them in the same room together, they started spraying crazy. <laughs> they show it. Like, we can't put this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> to introduce, may turn a whole generation of kids into a different kind of fetishist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we got off track talking about the. Uh, we sure did. We about Heathcliff before we even introduced the subject of this week's episode. Yes, which is we haven't even no, talked about. What? It. So, who? What are we talking about this time? Today, we are talking about Robot Man. Now, if you open your newspaper today, you're not going to see Robot Man because Robot Man. Started out in 1986, I think, Mm -hmm. and in 2001, it became Monty, because the titular character, Robot Man, left the strip entirely. Yeah. Um, Now, I remember Robot Man in the newspaper when it was Robot Man, and I remember him later as Monty, too, because it was about a little robot who lived with this kind of, you know, dorky-looking guy with glasses, kind of looks like a Gary Larson caricature, and yes. you know they 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 did wacky stuff. That's Monty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's and it was it's kind of kind of a slightly watered down Bloom County. Sometimes there are a couple of political jokes here and there. You know, it's not bad stuff. It's a I would I would like to have Robot Man in my paper over you know some of the stuff we actually have in the paper, like the Born Loser. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true because I remember I've I've read Monty and the Robot Man, and yeah, it's it's a it's a good strip. It it gives you a chuckle. Yes. Um, it's not like high art, but it's quality, especially for the newspaper. So, um, but but the thing about Robot Man, as it is, is that it has an incredibly strange uh, origin, because you have to go back. So, it starts with this British, this minor British pop star named Peter Shelley, who did a couple of like novelty hits in the sixties and seventies, and. He comes up with this character called Robot Man, and he shows it to Universal Press Syndicate, or maybe it was United Feature Syndicate, one or the other. Mm-hmm. I can never t- tell the two syndicates apart. I just know one is the Calvin one, and one is the Garfield one. So 
they're like, hey, this is going to be our new thing. This is going to be like our our yellow submarine. We're going <laughs> to we're going to have our whole new. We're going to have a giant robot man franchise we're gonna put robot man in the macy's parade we're gonna have coloring books and of course because we are a syndicate we're gonna have a comic strip so who do they go to to start this comic strip i believe they first went to bill watterson yes bill watterson can you imagine if it had been calvin and hobbs and robot man you know i feel like this just shows they really did not know what they're doing because of all people to approach about selling out Bill Watterson, <laughs> really. <laughs> well, he was nobody at the time. Oh yeah, and that's true. Still, Man. Yeah. Um, <sighs> do you think that they would have asked him to replace Hobbs with robot man or would it just be a kid in his imaginary tiger or is he imaginary and also a robot that runs on love? You know, honestly, robot man would sort of fit into Calvin and Hobbes if you just assume it's, you know, a, um, you know, a toy that Calvin talks to. Although the idea of him was... running on love is something that would work better if he was a toy that belonged to Susie Durkins, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if Robot Man was a was a toy that kept getting passed from kid to kid and they all had their own different takes on him. Like sometimes you'd see Spaceman Spiff going on adventures with Robot Man and then you see him having tea parties with Susie and Mr. Bun. That would almost work, actually. Uh, yeah. I have to say, though, uh, the what's so weird about this whole thing is that, um, what's his name, Peter Shelley? Well, I guess here's the thing. Yes, you know, very often when you have someone who's like a celebrity creative and they want to do some sort of side project like this where they're like yeah you know, they're like some sort of passion project that they're like really into but they don't have to yeah you know, it doesn't have to make money or something because they just yeah. you know they just want to do this thing and you get these very weird ideas in those cases um uh i don't know i don't know i can't think of a good example like oh we're gonna have an armadillo with tank treads it fights a manticore or something you know uh, but um uh but this is just the most generic thing ever it's like robot man it's like what is that like? That's like action figure man. I don't know. It's just it's the most generic idea ever. And Peter Shelley was so smitten with this that he needed to. This needed to be a thing. This was a thing that he really wanted out there. So the core Robot Man property, the one that all of this is allegedly based on, is an album that Peter Shelley made, which is filled with Robot Man centric songs, including, let's see, I want to be your Robot Man. Uh, Oops, and uh, We Are the Robots, and the Roboron song. Okay, so, um, oh god, it's it's weird because a, a lot of these things are in the cartoon show, but... Yeah, they use the actual song. Yeah, but it seems like when they decided to also make this a comic strip, they gave uh, Jim, Jim Medic, who is the guy who, who eventually Jim took Medic, up the yes. Robot Man mantle... Uh, kind of free reign to do whatever he wanted because Robot Man the comic is very different. Yeah. I read an interview with him where he said that when they were first starting out, they were giving him lots of leeway and they said, hey, you don't even have to call him Robot Man if you don't want to. Really? <laughs> and what? No. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like whoever was in charge of this was very bad at branding because, yeah. I mean, first of all, they're like, oh, you know, uh, just throw out that show Bible. It doesn't matter if there's any consistency in the character. You don't even have to use the same name. It's like, okay. So so I guess maybe they didn't expect the comic to really do go anywhere. They just were like, well, to no. be a completist, we have to put a comic out too. 
but it's it's a whatever. They, we don't care. Uh, they're ostensibly a comic, uh, a comic syndicate, so I guess it made sense yeah. to them at least. And as but as this went on, Medic got more and more uh, pressure to you know like no, you have to use the characters from the album. You have to draw him just so, and you have to use these uh, characters. And eventually, at some meeting or other, he's like, you know, what? I can't do this. You're gonna have to get another guy. And they all back down immediately. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, that is rare. I was like, I guess he didn't realize the bargaining power he had in being the only person who was willing to do Robot Man. Wow. That's really... That's... Wow. Um, well, take note, other cartoonists out there. You know, this is this is the way you... Uh, you know, this is the way you swing your balls yes. around when you're, uh, when you're a syndicated cartoonist, apparently. So, Jim Medic, you know... What he did with Robot Man is he put the character Robot Man, who, by the way, is in fact a robot. He's a little red and yellow robot with a kind of kind of new way of glasses and a uh, and a beanie copter. And he put at first he had Robot Man move in with a typical normal family. It was kind of like Alf. Yeah, I never and, saw those strips. I, I never read. Yeah, I was I was trying to dig them up, and there really aren't that many online, so we don't have a lot to compare it with in that department. Yeah. And then Robot Man kind of left the family behind and just started doing parodies of stuff for about a year. So it was like Robot Man on Star Trek, Robot Man and Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. And then eventually Monty showed up and became the uh, other character. Yeah. That's, and that's when I started reading it. So that's when it, that's where it was in about 1996 when they had their first comic collection for a while, primary crawlers. Oh, wow. Um, I remember that. Yes. Okay. So, uh, but it is interesting because in the beginning, uh, Robot Man does look like the Robot Man in the cartoon. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. But, you know, obviously with Jim Medics. They, um, they give him a lot of leeway to, you know, fit it into his own stuff. Right. And you can see right. that over time, Jim Medic starts to experiment and obviously Robot Man evolves. Uh, he, he kind of goes through that same evolution that Opus does, where his nose just keeps getting bigger. Yes. And eventually he looks nothing <laughs> like the uh, a Roadman cartoon character other than the color scheme, uh, which is not, not bad. It's actually a much better look for him. He's, you know, he fits yeah. more into the world of genetics uh, that genetic has created. So that's good. But yeah, in two th around 2001, if, after Monty had been established as the other star of the strip, the United Future Syndicate kind of, sheepishly approached him with their hats kind of crumpled up in their hands and were like, do you think you could rename the strip? People don't want to syndicate it because they think it's a superhero strip like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I, I love this so much because it is, you know what? I mean, hey, more power to Jim Medic. He like, you, yes. you want because you know if you're you want to be a cartoonist it's hard to get break in and yeah maybe he it really is he took a deal that a lot of people you would be like know. yeah yeah and i think a lot of people would be like i'm not gonna sell out and draw your robot man character and genetic is like you know he took that that deal because you know and it it worked out really well for him it turned out he eventually got to do his own thing um what it took you know it took uh what 15 years but still playing the long game now you know doing but now he's been doing Monty for longer than he did Robot Man. So, you know? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Shoot. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, um, oh gosh, who is the fellow who, um, I don't remember his name right now. Uh, I'm going to look him up. The guy who does Sally Forth now. 
because I know the I know the one you mean. Yeah, Ted Lee Anderson. Oh, is that him? Wait, no. Let me see. Actually, I think that's one of the characters from. Sarah yeah, Jones, no, that's uh, it's that is that's the the dude in it. Sorry, the the fellow who. Yeah, it's it's the guy who draws it I is. I can't remember um, his name because it's a really complicated Italian name. Marsh Marcellano Marciniello. That's it, Francesco no Mar. Guy from. It's a uh, Francesco Marciniello. And, uh, Francesco, yes. So, Can we call you Frank? He is a guy who... we really uh, love you, Frank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so he's a guy who uh, used to do a um, d- do comics online, uh, as well as other stuff, I'm sure. And he had a site called Drink at Work. And I guess he was also trying to get a comic syndicated. And for some reason, he was having some trouble. And the syndicate was like, you know, we like what you're submitting, but we don't really have room for you. But, you know, the guy who did Sally Forth just retired. Do you know anything about Sally Forth? And he was like, I know nothing about Sally Forth, but I can learn. So they basically, he got to do Sally Forth. And he was that decade's equivalent of the new Nancy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, because he has kind of revitalized the strip and made it his own. So more power to him for that. Yes. So I guess there is something to be said for zombie strips if they someone can breathe some life into them. It depends on, you know, who's there to give it a blood transfusion. Yeah, yeah. Who's there to touch its heart? <laughs> So speaking of, um, should we get into the cartoon version of Robot Man? Okay. Or, or is there any- so yes. Let's so this has been a kind of roundabout way of saying that the the Robot Man cartoon, of which there are two episodes, one of which is half an hour and the other the other is an hour, are absolutely nothing like the Robot Man comic strip. They are extremely 80s though. Yeah, they are super 80s. They are super you know. Well, what's name some of the most '80s things about this? Well, first off, uh, it it the animation is that kind of uh, what is it? I, I don't know how you describe it. That very weird, stilted kind of uh, deke animation that you got and everything back then. Yes. Uh, plus, it's uh, it looks like Deke sent storyboards to an anime studio that was way too talented for this bullshit. Yeah. And, um, of course, the, the central concept in the show, extremely Care Bears-esque. Uh, lots of... Yes, very, yeah. very Care Bears-esque. I'm reminded of an interview I saw with somebody who was working on the the original pilot for the X-Men cartoon, Pride of the X-Men. The one that... I think the, the most notable thing that came out of it was that the X-Men arcade game was more or less based on it. But... Uh, but he said that uh, we were trying to do that. We tried to get that going, but it didn't take off until the 90s because it was the 80s. Little cutesy baby animal things were in then. Oh, and were they? We'd done X Smurfs. That, that might have taken off. But Yeah, well, this was definitely calculated to be as toyetic as possible in the, uh, in the 80s. Very cutesy baby. Um, yes. and, not ju- and not the good kind of toyetic. The kind where you can absolutely tell they're trying to appeal to your mom because she controls the purse. Oh, that's right. Not to you. Yeah, it's not like where your mom would... If you were like, hey, Mom, can I have some uh, can I have some Transformers? Oh, those toys are too violent. Here's some nice robots instead. Oh, God. Nowhere is this more apparent than in the character of Oops, I would say. Oh, God. Oops, Oops is a character who is absolutely infuriating, but your mom is just like, see, he's always making making mistakes, just like you, honey. Oh, it's, uh, it's lucky. It's a good thing his parents named him Oops. It would be yeah. it would be really embarrassing if it turned out he wasn't a total klutz. Um, but oop. Uh, it turns out his name is just Spoo back. <laughs> ooh, how unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but there's there are four 
no, three robots, I think. Three robots and a sidekick that... What the hell is Lint, anyway? So, so Lint looks like a popple to me. Or possibly that little, uh, what is it, that little um, uh, furball thing that's in the Dark Crystal? Yeah, oh yeah, Fizgig. Fizgig, that's it. He does look like Fizgig. So, yeah, but he's just kind of their pet, I guess. He hangs out with these robots. Yeah, we never find out where he comes from, why he lives with them, why they're, you know, we never found out uh, where they escaped from or anything. The first thing that we see in this show is... Okay, can we talk about how how spooky the or the beginning is? Yeah, you know it's 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 in that dark woods and just like that that uh, the spooky flute playing yeah. playing the Roboron theme song, which sounds weirdly like the Spider Man theme. Oh, that's it! I kept wondering what is that because I was trying to yeah. place it like do 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 do. <laughs> yeah, there. He... It sounds it sounds a lot like the Spider Man song, but it's actually playing a song from the album, the song that goes Roberon, Roberon, you'll be glad when he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. A <laughs> uh, little on the nose there, uh, Pete Shelley. Yes. Um, so yeah, but no. And when the the when our main heroes, Robot Man and Stellar, uh, jump. Robot Man, Stellar, Oops, and Lint are our main characters. Yes, Robot Man and Stellar are. Robot Man is the little red and yellow robot. Stellar looks exactly like him, but uh, in that sort of pink means girl way. The propeller on her head looks like a bow. Yeah, and, and there's Oops, who is like Robot Man's head with feet. He's little. <laughs> yes, Oops is like Oops is to Robot Man what a Goomba is to Toad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Lint, who, yeah. as we said before, is is. Basically, Lint a, is just a yeah. fluffy little thing, and you know, admittedly, Lint is the cutest of all of them. But even if he does look like a disembodied old man, <laughs> he's uh he's the one that um, they thought was going to be the breakout uh, star of the show. But uh, yeah, but they're just looking up the t- looking up the toys just to see if there was any explanation. I found that the Lint toy had arms and legs that were connected inside, so you could pull on his arms to make them longer and then his legs get shorter or oh legs. yeah that was a thing in the 80s it was but i don't think it came into play in the, in the cartoon no i didn't notice him doing that at all but i also no. kind of phased out a few times so maybe i just missed yeah, it. yeah i mean um sorry if we kind of uh kind of mutter our way through some of the scenes because it's sometimes it was a hard road to hoe this is an ext- i think mm-hmm. it, oh sorry I think it was uh, easier to watch than Miss Peach, but... Oh, well, you know, it's one of those things where it's extremely 80s in the sense that they're like, well, this is a swill for kids, so who gives a, who gives a crap about logic or yes. anything? So uh-huh. you're watching it, and nothing makes any sense, but it all doesn't make sense in such a familiar way because you've seen it in, like, a million other cartoons that you kind of yes. just accept it, and you're like, "Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it makes yeah, totally." This is this is '80s cartoon logic. Yeah, exactly. You know, s- you know, stay tuned for Tiny Robot Man Adventures, where they give advent, where they explain how '80s cartoons work. <laughs> they have a, um, yeah, but no, they're in that woods, and like, and they're like, "He's coming to get us!" You know, he's gonna kill us. And yeah, I I like how they, you know, first there's that the scary opening, and then just. Out of nowhere, these bulbous robots tumble out of the bushes and like spoil all of the suspense. Yeah, and then you know that Roboron is is stalking through the woods after them, and Roboron looks a lot like Robot Man, but he's got evil eyes. He's got kind of you know uh, narrow 
glasses, so he looks spooky, I guess. And yes, and he has Megatron's voice. Oh yeah, so that's yeah. He, all, a lot of the voices in this are by Frank Welker. Of course, used a lot of her his Transformers voices for it. So uh, Robron's got really big, weird sleeves in this, which I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what. I, maybe it's supposed to look like an evil wizard's, you know, cloak or something. I guess. I like how his propeller looks like a sort of bent and dented crown. Oh, because he's he's very evil. Yeah, because he's looks kind of like the Gnome King. I'm a, I'm down with. Well, that. Well, it makes sense. His name is Robron, which is obviously a reference to Oberon, the King of the Elves. So you know. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, you know, it's like. Well, I guess, I guess he does try to take people away, like they said the fairies used. That's to. true. I don't know. It's a weird, weird stretch. Yeah, with his flute, he can cast a glamour. And uh, control your mind, which he, he does yeah. do, so. Well, I guess so. You know, I, but I always thought his name was Ro-Baron. Oh! Like like, yeah. And, which is pretty cool, but that's not how they say it. They say it Ro-Baron. Yeah. So. Well, now, yeah, it's, now it's, well. Anyway, our main characters are introduced very abruptly, and they give equally abrupt... Uh, uh, explanations for what they're doing. We need to find more love to power our hearts. As you know, well, you know, they are, um, it's good. If you're going to build a robot, that's a really good fuel source to, uh, to, to use. Uh, that's true. It's renewable, true. you know, um, <laughs> it's, uh, environmentally clean. And, um, <laughs> apparently you can, uh, fuel them up just by touching their, um, their, their heart, uh, Yes, logos. the hearts which are on the outside of their bodies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, the robot man in the comic strip had a lightning bolt on his chest, but originally he had a heart because that was the, uh, because that was what the uh, syndicate made him do. But I guess they uh, they took they were a little more hands off later on. Uh, I can see why Genetic might have wanted to change that. It's you know, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, because the tone he takes in the comic strip is very different from the uh, yes. this this uh, kid show. But anyway, so so Robot Man, Stellar, and crew are escaping from Roboron, who has a magic flute that he uses to um, do evil. And uh, even though Roboron also hates music, yeah, that that was a, just like his. He's a flutist, and his weakness is music. I just don't get it. But I guess. But later on in the special, we see how there's like positively charged music and negatively charged music okay so yeah it's basically like the, the so positively charged music will will hurt him uh but but negative won't so basically he uh it's like when people are like oh yeah all all music is good except for country and rap so you know <laughs> that's basically what's going on here it's very weird also he wants to kill the the main robots because roboron wants all robots to be evil yeah. Well, more specifically, it's because Robot Man is programmed to love, and Roboron is programmed to hate. Do who programs these robots? Yeah. Does that ever established? That, that is never touched upon. No, we don't know where these robots came. Well, we do know where they came from, but they don't explain the whole programming thing. No, they they do eventually. In I think it's the second. Do they? I forget. Do they go to? Is it established in the first or the second where they explain they come from Robot Land? Yes. Think about that. Robot Man comes from Robot Land. Yeah. And they're very concerned that Oberon finds doesn't find his way to Robot Land because apparently he's not a resident. He's not from no. there. Um, Where does he come from? Then? They never say, do they? He's from some other place. 
And he... You know, was there like a master evil engineer who's making robots programmed to hate? And Well, where do the where the, where do the Decepticons come from? They don't come from the same planet as the Transformers, do they? They come from evil planets? No, they come from the same Oh, planet. do they? Oh, never mind then. Um, yeah. Okay. So, well, maybe... It's a... Pol- they're political parties. Oh, okay. It's a civil war. Okay. So, and this is a little different since Rob... Okay. So... Maybe they come... Did the GoBots all come from the same planet? Or did they... Yes. Oh, damn it. Yeah, they did. Okay, so I've got nothing. I got. I, I don't know where... There's no universe that has two robot planets. So I don't know what's the... Uh, I don't know where robots... Not really, no. Robots generally all come from the same source, and then they... Uh, and then as they develop uh, sapience, they pick sides. Yeah, so... Uh, but this case is different, because they were programmed to be good, or, good and evil. Or they programmed to yeah. love or hate. They hungrily crave love. They're just like, oh man, I could really go for some love right now. Yeah, so. <laughs> which you can, I can see that going very wrong. I, I can see this just be, being bad. <laughs> just, just like, oh, it's like, they're like, I need a child to suck the love out of them. <laughs> just, just, just like, <laughs> just crack them open and suck out the the love right out of the marrow. Um, but, uh, they luckily riding through the woods is, uh, our, our human, cause there's always gotta be a human yes. kid, uh, Michael and his crazy uncle, the inventor Cooper, Kooky Cooper. Cooper, who, uh, I love cause he wears like a giant bow tie and like, uh, like tails. Like he's like, I don't like he's Willy Wonka or something. Yeah. yeah. And he's just, and he's got, he, and he drives. Sorry, uh, rides a bicycle. It's a one-man band. It's got like, you know, instruments all over it and a pair of weird, weird giant clapping foam hands or something. Actually, you know, we never really get a good look at the bicycle with the stuff on it. I kept trying to figure out what he was riding that was so special. I think they forgot to have an establishing shot of how good the bicycle was. Well, there, yeah, and also he's just riding the the bike. It all with all this stuff on it. It's not like. You know, when I looked at it, it's not like a Rube Goldberg bike where it's all like gears and stuff where the pedaling seems to make it work. They just stuck a bunch yeah. of stuff on it because Uncle Cooper's uh, his whole thing seems to be making self-playing instruments and then gluing them off. Things. <laughs> which is which is good because, as we have established, our villain does not like music. Uh, so this yes. will be very useful. Our mu- our villain is basically a blue meanie, I guess. They the robots uh, stow away in the bicycle. They end up on the the floor, of the garage, and they're all about to pass out and die. But then the humans touch their hearts and give them love. And yeah, oh, more specifically, it's the bullies who were making fun of Kooky Cooper who who touched them and uh... yeah, that's right. After they. They open up the garage and they go, yeah, there's nothing in here but a weird looking animal. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're like, <laughs> they're really taking it in stride that it appears to be some sort of alien and uh, three you know, robots in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they're just like, touch our hearts. And so you, literally, it's funny because, you know, a lot of times in these things, they, they have to have the thing where they're like, oh, you need to be nice and that'll replenish us or something. But it's just, no, just touch them. doesn't matter if you actually like love the robots or no just it's just touch just touch each other you know it's like how it's like you ever see the hug a bunch special it was all about you know just hug somebody just put your arms around somebody already i feel like again this is like a bad message that like 80s cartoons were pushing for like just touch love is touching 
touching his love. Yeah. It, it's all good. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh yeah. I want to add that uh, the bullies in this are, they're a very special kind of 80s cartoon ineffectual bully where they you could tell that the writers weren't allowed to have them actually say anything mean because it could be repeated. So they just have to say totally normal things in a mean tone of voice. Oh, that's right. I think the worst thing they do is call the guy Kooky Cooper. Kooky Cooper. Nice inventions, Kooky Cooper. But... Uh, Kooky Cooper. That's one of those things that really confused me as a kid. Is like I don't. I already have a hard enough time telling whether people are making fun of me or not. <laughs> I thought that like um, in fact, Kooky Cooper refers to himself as Kooky Cooper several times. So I thought that was just yeah. his nickname that people you know he, that he found <laughs> you know found it to be uh, an endearing nickname. I didn't realize he was it's another Cooper blooper. Yeah. Oh, but but then when they realize that he's actually really good at inventing because he lies and says that he made those robots, uh he's then yes. Super Cooper. Yeah. A real super trooper. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, that's uh so so they so they wake Robot Man and his pals up with their touch, and Robot Man comes and uh, starts silently, without sing without moving his mouth, singing the Robot Man theme song from the from the album. Yeah, and then he also gives him his card. Yes, he yes he shoots the letters Robot Man out of his hand in uh, holograms. Yeah. So man, uh, it's and so now we get they do I guess they license the music from the the album, so that's good. Yes. Um, was it, how long after the album came out did this cartoon come out? Not very long, I don't think. Okay, so it was still hot in the public consciousness. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I think maybe the album was made for the cartoon, and before it there was just a single. Oh my god. But... Well, the album mentions Roboron and mentions... Yes. Okay, so, so do you think... So did Pete Shelley... Like, was this... Did he actually have all this in his head? Like, was this all what he wanted? I don't know. I haven't found any, like, interviews or anything with Peter Shelley himself. Because that's what I'm really curious about. Like, again, like, what was his idea for Robot Man? Was it literally just, yeah, Robot Man. He's a robot. And he's a man. Do the rest yourself, you know? And then, wow. you know, he was just, he just had that, that concept in his head. And it was so good. He so, had you to... so you think he was like, uh, you think he was like uh, Bob Kane? He's like, I got an idea for a Superman superhero. It's Batman. He's like a bat, but he's a man. Here, you fill in the rest, Bill Finger. Maybe, because, I mean, clearly they didn't, you know, they didn't give uh, Jim Medic a lot of direction. They just told him to do whatever. So I'm like, well, yeah. if if uh, in that case, did they do the same thing here? And in that case, did they go to J Pete, sorry, uh, Pete Shelley and tell him, okay, we're doing your Robot Man thing. Here's what we've established Robot Man is. Now do an album. Or did he do the album? And then they were like, well, he mentions, has a song called Oops, so we're going to have a character named Oops now. And... Oh. I mean... I looked at the the single has two songs on it. It has the Robot Man song, I Want to Be a Robot Man, and it has Heart Shaped Hole Punch or whatever that other one is. Mm. I would I want to be a robot man. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so oh, high tech heartbeat. That was oh, it. that's it. Um, anyway, so uh, but then then there's a uh, Roboron shows his uh, his evil powers because he comes over and he's, he uses his flute to take over the mind of michael's other aunt and uncle not cooper yeah, we don't they don't uh they don't establish whether this is cooper's brother or his uh 
or the boy's other uncle by by marriage. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, and they and the mother and the aunt explains that uh, the that he's an orphan, and she she gets tearful talking about you know something absolutely horrible must have happened to his mother and father. I don't even. <laughs> yeah, um, they <laughs> they died of unspecified uh, '80s parent death. It was so horrible. They were sat on by manatees. <laughs> they were eaten by an escaped rhinoceros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, these these uh, uh, but yeah. Then I do like the other uncle who looks like uh, he's built like a linebacker, and he's yeah, he is a. He's a he's Bara. Yeah, and uh, and then but but Robron is like, I will use my you hey, now. What is he? He basically says that you're going to kick out like Cookie Cooper for not paying rent. And yes, and he keeps telling them the, to bring them back to the forest. Take them to the forest. <laughs> the forest. He really focuses on the forest. I wonder if it's like the only place he can, you know, open his. His gateway to evil world or whatever. To 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 ro, ro, the evil robot world, um, <laughs> which yeah, we do get a brief look at it, but uh, you know, we'll get to that. Uh, so he so he hypnotizes the nice aunt and uncle and turns them into the mean aunt and uncle, which really kind of defeats the purpose of the power of love if hate is only through you know mind control. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I do like how the evil aunt and uncle, now evil aunt and uncle, show up periodically through the uh, episode to just yell about the rent. They just park and they're like, "Have the rent by midnight, or you're out." Yeah, uh, which is another, which is another great like trope of uh, yes. you know these old things where they're like, "Ah, have the rent by you know." Ah! Uh, it's like, well, okay, if they don't have the if they don't have the rent, then you don't get any money so it's really in your own interest to give them more time i guess but you know whatever yeah. it just reminds me do you ever see that the peter not peter rabbit um <laughs> peter griffin no 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 what is the why it's um pause peter pause the easter special oh yes yeah. you remember yes. that with uh tin whisker another evil robot yes. okay <laughs> what i love about that one is this another similar like have the rent you know by the end of the day right and there's a great uh-huh. scene where like uh, Tin Whisker comes and he thinks he's going to get the farm, but they actually have the rent ready. They miraculously raise enough money and they give it to him. And he's like, okay, well, if you don't have next month's rent, then I'll kick you out next month. And he leaves. And it's like, that's his threat. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we know how rent works. You have to keep paying it. <laughs> he's like, it's, it's not like they thought, do they think they could pay rent once and that's it? That'd be great. But you know, <laughs> who are we talking to here, Tom? No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so what I'm saying is, like, uh, cartoon landlords don't understand their own grift. Well, I mean, they're all descended from the kind of landlord who ties you to a railroad track. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> true. <laughs> which is, which you know, that happens when you're like, uh, it's like when you ask for your uh, what is it, your uh, security deposit back. Yeah. Oh boy. Have you ever gotten a security deposit back? I don't think we ever did. I uh, I actually did get one one time. Or, uh, oh no, security deposit. Yeah, but the cleaning deposit. They always keep the cleaning. Oh yeah, deposit. no, they always they always steal that. I had one landlord yes. who actually gave it back to me, which was interesting really? because he was. I mean, not to stereotype, but he was this big kind of fat weird guy who wore a tracksuit and like the the gold chain and everything had a 
weird foreign accent that you could never place. He totally seemed like the biggest sleazeball in the world, and yet he's the only landlord who gave me back my deposit, which was like, Dang. and I was like, well, you know, I learned something today about uh, yeah. stereotypes. Uh, what else happens in this episode? They uh, uh, okay. Oh, uh, so Roboron gets control of Oops and uh, flies away with him, and they're like, "Oh no, poor Oops, he's indispensable." And what? The two <laughs> <robots>. <laughs> he's the least. He's he's entirely dispensable. His entire personality is he fucks shit up. Why would you yes. want? Why would you keep him around? He wrote a song about oh, oops. You, he's named. You, you after. are a terrible burden on our lives, but we love you. His his parents took one look at him when he was born and knew what he would be, and they named him appropriately. Why? Oh, his, his middle name is he's not mine. <laughs> oh, actually, I guess you could say not his parents. He would have probably been programmed to be, you know. Yes. He's programmed to do this, and we still look down on him. Oh man! Well, we do. Maybe that's why the maybe that's why Robot Man and Stellar are okay with him. It's like it's okay. He's programmed to make mistakes. Yeah, you know, it's um, yeah. Well, I guess he fills some sort of niche. Boy, this really opens a a lot of cans of worms regarding uh, free will, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. God. Well, you know what else? Oh, we forgot to mention uh, Robot Man's uh, powers. Uh, Robot Man and Stellar's powers. Where yes. they uh, they can fly for one thing. Um, yes, they can make their words appear in space, like like yes. holograms. But most importantly, their noses glow when there's danger nearby, but their hearts glow when there's love nearby. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they have pretty much unlimited telekinesis. Oh, that's right. Yes. So, which is probably their most useful power when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, they say things like. Cleaning it where erasers is easy when you're a robot. And it's like, oh, because you don't get tired? Like, no, because you can just lift them up in the air magically and have them clock themselves. That's in uh, that's in the second episode, isn't it, where that happens? Yeah, it is. Which This has gone pretty long. Do you want to do the second episode as a second uh, as another podcast, or should we just kind of hustle? I think we can I think we get in, because there's a lot in the second episode that I also want to mention. So yeah. uh, <laughs> but anyway, so first episode. Uh what ha- let's let's quick quickly wrap yeah, that okay. one up. Oh, let's wrapping that one up. Okay, the robots take off after Robot Man, and Lint is sent to li- stay behind, but uh, wanting to help, he commandeers Cooper's uh, Cooper's musical bike and rides it in a way that I can't really describe in a podcast, <laughs> causing massive property damage. <laughs> Cars crashing into each other as this bike pilots itself. And, and then he crashes the bike and all of the self-playing instruments fall out of the basket and uh roboron goes oh music my only weakness (laughs) so the uh so roboron is vanquished yes so roboron is vanquished for now but they still have to pay the rent and uh so the next thing they have to do is uh so so now the robots go around doing odd jobs until they uh, they've earned the rent money, and that's just uh, that's just another song cue. And we get to listen to the, these songs, and these songs are so weak. That's just like, hey, these robots are cool. They're here now. You want these to buy the them? Robots you heard about. Ask yes. your mom to buy them. <laughs> uh, now uh, I was kind of confused by this bit because generally in '80s cartoons and a lot of other media like this, when you vanquish the villain. All his hypnosis and spells are are ended. 
So why do they still need to get rent? I don't know. That's that's really weird. Because it implies uh, that his aunt and uncle will now be like evil assholes forever. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, the uh, the aunt and uncle stay mean even after even outside of Roboron's uh, control, and then he sneaks back and uh, makes the robots causes something to smash, and they and he tells the evil aunt and uncle blame the robots, <laughs> and they get the whole. They get the whole town's like, let's destroy the robots before they destroy anything else. <laughs> so the robots are like, well, we're not wanted here. We better go. We'd better go face Roboron. And they've yeah. been hanging out in the in the in the out in the woods for like three hours. And Oops says, I want to go home with Michael and Mr. Cooper. It's like, home? You you didn't even spend an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, home for them otherwise was a place that. Um... We well well, uh, which we do visit in the second episode, and yes. is great. Oh yeah, why why were they why were they looking? They specifically said we need to find a home where there's love. Well, maybe they're out of fuel. I guess. I guess so. Like, I guess I guess it's because home is where the heart is. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is like in the second episode, it is established they come from Robot Land, and this is great because yes. I actually watched the second second episode first. So Oops. when I watched it, like halfway through, they just started announcing, "We gotta get to Robot Land." And it was like, "What? what? Robot Land? What are you?" And Robot Land is basically Carolot, but populated by yes. robots. And as so, Robot Land is the best part of either show. Yeah, I, I love the design of Robot Land itself. I love the other robots that live there. There's also there's so many great robot character designs. There's these robot farmers who are throwing grains to robot chickens. <laughs> there was a robot housewife with robot curlers. Yeah. There was a robot old lady with a cane. <laughs> there, was a, there was a robot dog that was just a dog head wearing boots. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, second episode, uh, we do actually meet a new robot, don't we? Yes. We meet, they, uh, uh, what's his name, Miff? Bleep. Bleep, that's it. He's a dog. Yes, Grandpa built a dog. Based on, I guess, based on Robot Man's schematics. So, so Craig Cookie Cooper made this is a robot that he built. It's not like a yes. nut one from Robot Land. So, no. um, yeah. So I'm just wondering, yeah, you because know, before all he'd ever built was self-playing instruments, and then he, you know, sort of, I thought he was more the kind of Rube Goldberg type of inventor, but now he's built a built a robot dog. He, so. He's branching out apparently, but I guess. <gasps> but um, I'm just like. Did he use the same, the same schematics as the robots? Is the dog like their son? <laughs> oh my god! Ooh. Uh, ooh, that's a good. Well, how would he didn't have any schematic? How did he just he just looked at Robot Man and was like, yeah, I can build that. Um, <laughs> here, let me uh, let me take off your uh, chest plate here and get a look at your circuit. Yeah, but uh, this one, Roboron returns, and uh, yes. this time he's got a secret weapon with him. Yes, the secret weapon is my favorite character in the whole series. Sound off. Yes, uh, and his power is that he sits on Roboron's shoulders and covers his ears. Yeah, it took me forever to figure out that was what he was doing. It's like that's literally it. He, I, I love. It's like ah, the music starting. Sound off. You know, do your thing. And he's like, I love being <laughs> sneaky because because yes. I'm a bad guy. Uh, and he and again. Roboron sounds just like Megatron, and Soundoff, who is also voiced by Frank Wilker, sounds just like Rumble. So, actually, and he has sound-based powers, so it's, uh, yeah. I guess if you can call 
muting some muting music of a, a power. Well, it's a power that I have. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, when you think about it, we all have this superpower. Uh, <laughs> it just reminds me of that one MST one episode where they put Mike in the uh, the torture chamber that just flashes lights at you, and he just closes his eyes. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, this is. I I don't really see what why Roboron, he just couldn't wear earplugs, which would actually be more effective <laughs> because he wouldn't need to keep taking, you know, calling for sound wave, uh, sound, sound off, sorry, every time, sound off, sound off any, every time some music starts playing. Um, but yeah. Um, but, but anyway, well, before any of this happens, the robots went to school and made a big mess and they had to, like, clean erasers and so forth, and they end up taking the erasers with them. Yeah, that's right. Oh, because those come in handy later on, I think. Uh, yes, when, um... because, uh, yeah, Roboron attacks again, and the what he's doing to attack is he's got Michael, the boy, and he's pulling him into this vortex of, you know, of some other universe, and there are these smoky hands grabbing at him, pulling at his arm. And I'm like, "What's back there? I want to see what happens when he goes in." But we never see. You you never get to see uh, the evil robot universe. Yeah. The the mirror images. Like, the mirror universe. It's like Iron Man three. What did you see when you went through the hole in the universe? <laughs> the um, but uh, no, but after Michael goes, almost gets sucked through the portal. He is um, comatose, and they're like, we need to get him to a hospital. And that's when they say, no, your medicine is useless against Robron's powers. He needs <laughs> Robotland medicine. And that's yes, why they... that's how they get to Robotland. Yeah, oh, they go to Robotland by, by singing a special song, yeah. or maybe just playing it since they have amplifiers or whatever. And it causes this huge heart-shaped boom tube to uh, come down, coiling from the sky so they can... Well, I guess you you could walk to Robot Land, but I guess it's more like a moving what, sidewalk. Yeah, but yeah, it's well, you know, but but unfortunately, this also lets Robron know how to get to Robot Land, so he follows yes. them. Oh wait, I forgot my favorite part of this episode though, which is when Robron decides that the only way to um, stop the good guys is to have sound sound off. Sorry, yes. <laughs> pretend to be a good guy and uh, spy on them because he's. Yeah, because uh, they got his flute. Right, that's it. They need the flute. He needs that, the flute back. That was what the erasers were for. They ended up using the erasers to make him cough and drop his flute. That's it. And well, so obviously the first thing to do is smash the flute, but they don't. They just they give it to the robot dog to protect. Yeah, that's and, great. Thanks. Good job, bleep, bleep. And and they uh, and. Stellar does not trust. Oh, sound nice, as he calls himself. Well, if he calls, if he's named, because I like that, because the Robo Man is like, well, his, his name sound nice. We can't not. <laughs> oh, it's like, no, it's like where, where, like he comes, it's like my name is sound nice, and I want to be your friend. And and Robo Man is like, and he always says it in such a sarcastic tone of like, yeah, I ain't sound nice. I want to be your friend. It's like he's clearly evil. In fact, he was literally helping the villain like five minutes ago. He just showed. They didn't see him, I guess. Yeah, but it's like I was like, you know, sound nice. I would expect we'd come up with a story like I didn't want to help, um, you know, Roboron. I was forced. No. But he doesn't even say that. He just says, "I want to be your friend." And they're like, "Well, we can't turn away a friend." Uh, yeah. So it's like, oh wow, okay, well that's why evil will win because good is stupid. So. <laughs> and Stellar even says, "I don't trust him," and sh and Roboron, Robot Man goes to look at him and. 
<laughs> sound nice is literally saying his prayers and saying, and bless grandma and grandpa and robot man. <laughs> robot man is a total pigeon. Uh, yes. It is incredible how I mean, you know, still stellar to her credit, like figures out what's going on pretty fast. But Robo Man is like this, this nope. chump. God, <laughs> I, 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 it's like he'll fall for anything. Uh, God, well, you know, I guess honestly, you know, that is kind of part of being the good guy is that you always have to be the one to extend the olive branch. Uh, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's a sort of tough but fair thing where you're like, you know, fool, you know, fool me twice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Eventually, well, yeah, and in, in these old 80s cartoons, there is always, uh, you you do have to give the bad guys um, a, a chance because there's always that one episode where you have to team up against the greater evil you know, yeah. and the bad guy's like, oh, I can't believe I'm teaming up with, you know, hero man. Oh, I hate this. But, you know, then you got it. And there's plenty of times when you actually do get a bad guy who switches sides and becomes one of the good guys because, you know, generally, generally it's because they wanted to have a good guy with the cool theme of the bad guys in the action figure. Yeah, that's true. Um, did that happen a lot? I'm trying to think. And that happens. Well, there's a big thing with Transformers oh. because you had, uh, Early on in the original Transformers, you had the good guys are cars, the bad guys are jets. Mm -hmm. But then they decided, well, the, the good guys need some air power, so they had this character called Jetfire, mm -hmm. and they had him starting out as a Decepticon, but he switches sides. Okay. I mean, I know... Actually, he was called Skyfire to start with in the cartoon, because there's a really complicated story about that involving the fact that his toy was actually a Macross Valkyrie, hmm. the, the very same ones that were being sold next to them on the shelf as Robotech toys. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they didn't actually have the rights to uh, use that image in their cartoons, so the toy... the toy ended up looking completely different from the character. <laughs> Oops. But we knew who it was. We knew who it was supposed to was be. Was he a villain in the show for a while before becoming a good guy, or is he introduced as a no, villain they, that switched? No, they no, they established that he was a lost member of the Decepticon tribe and uh Ah, gotcha. Actually he was like he was like Starscream's best friend and the, that he'd and had missed him, but uh then the but uh, he just couldn't follow where Starscream had gone in the in the years since. Oh, okay, so. all right. So yeah, I've seen I, there are a few characters like that. Um, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking like right now, like Adora and Shira was like an evil horde, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. And uh, Iago, of course, uh, becomes good in the uh, Aladdin sequels. Uh, that's well, a little see, later. Wow. Yeah, I think because they were like, oh, Gilbert Gottfried is such a big star, we want him in the series. But it's not going to make he's any such sense. A big star, and he's so affordable. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like we already lost uh, Robin Williams and replaced him with, um, you know, uh, Homer, Homer Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. We need a, we need a big name. Actually, I don't know if Gilbert Godfrey was in the series. Now that I think about it, but anyway, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Well, what else would he be doing with his time? Doing Aflac commercials? <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, that's right. Didn't he get he got replaced with the caveman? No, that's yeah, something else. I, so. I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is. Robot Man. We're not. Yeah, we're not commercial fans. No, people. no. We're not, um, but uh, so they go to Robot Man. Sorry, not Robot Man World. Robot Land. Robot Man Land. Robot Man Land. Yes. And uh, the robots are like Michael is dying. We we're going to put him in this this iron lung to revive him. But yes. someone else needs to go and on the other side. You might die. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, it's like you must risk your life. This is nonsensical. 
And this is also the second time that we've had a coming back to life scene of this show because, oh, at the very end, it looks like Oops is going to die, but then he's okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, they really, well, they, they wanted to up the stakes, you know? Um, oh, also, my favorite thing is that while Oops is lying, dying on the couch, the whole town is there in Cooper's house, and they say, it's good that the robot is broken. Let's smash the others. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, 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 These people are jerks. A harrowing tale of robot racism, you know? Yeah. God, if only it's if only it weren't, like, uh, some bad apples like Roboron, who just, like, turned the world against, you know, robots, who, as we've seen, the majority of robots are programmed to love. And, yes. um, in fact, um, they have love power. They are, they, wait, they're programmed to love, they require love as a fuel, but they also have powers that seem to be love-based. Because they do shoot, yeah, like, also, love out of their stomachs. Yeah, and Robot Man can't live without human love and robot love. Ah, God, he's so needy. He is, yes. he's codependent, this Robot Man. God. Um, oh, and we didn't even talk about the part with the dancing trees. Oh, my God. Ugh. What? Wait, wait. That's right, they go through the woods and, the, and there's this weird thing where they're just, like, trees walking around? Did I dream yeah, that? Yeah, That's real, I mean, right? That happened. Yeah, what happens is, okay, Roboron has captured uh, Oops and Stellar, and Robot Man blames himself, and he's like, oh, they'll never love me now. Now I'm going to power down and die without Robot Dog. uh, (laughs) He's committing robot suicide. (laughs) He's just just giving up. He's going to sink into the swamp of sadness. Oh, it's it's just... (laughs) (laughs) But Lint happens to be there, and... This is Lint's chance to shine because Stellar gives him this energy heart icon to uh, power Robot Man up with, and he has to run through the through the woods with it. And along the way, he finds these bopping, doo-wopping trees that are sometimes friendly and sometimes have scary eyes. And I have no idea if this is actually happening or if it's in Lint's imagination. I, I kind of assumed it was supposed to be symbolic of his fear and going through the forest, but... I mean, that's kind of abstract for a kid's cartoon in the 80s, so yeah. who knows? But but I, I know the first time we see these dancing trees, we get a reaction shot from Lint, and uh, he looks as baffled <laughs> as we are. <laughs> like, excuse me? No, nothing! So you have this walking ball of sweater Lint carrying a robot's energy heart, dodging around these inexplicably dancing trees, and this just took a turn for the... Earthbound S. <laughs> it's just like, it's like oh, this is too much, man. Oh god, this this oh no, nothing in uh, nothing in this really makes sense. But yet no. it all does because again, you just have to put yourself in that like '80s cartoon kids logic where you're like, none of it makes. I mean, nothing uh, follows from one to the other. There's no like coherence yeah. here. But like, you kind of again. You know, uh, it's like, um, you know, where, when the robots start shooting rays out of their stomachs and you're just like, oh, you yes. know, it's like love magic. Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got it. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, the real star of this show is the box of cereal you're eating dry by the fist. <laughs> you watch it. <laughs> oh, you know, I forgot one of my favorite things about this, actually. Which is when uh, um, Roboron instructs uh, Soundwave. Sound off. sound off oh my god sorry um, sound off. <laughs> three four uh so sound off has to go and like uh you know infiltrate the good guys right yeah 
Yes. He's got like a little like logo on his chest that's got like a yeah. He has a no no musical notes logo. Right. Exactly. And uh, sound. Sorry. Um. Robron is like you must spy on them. And and Soundwave is like all right. And he flips that logo around so it's now like a, a heart with uh, not like a like a musical note without the the X yeah. through it, which is like wait. So did you guys plan? So. What? How? So, so I'm just like, is because I looked and I was like, is that a, a power the toy could do? Because that looks like something the toy would do. But I don't believe there was a sound off toy. I know there wasn't a Roboron toy. They never make toys of the villains. They never yeah, do. I, ah, that's a that's such a weird Japanese thing. Yeah. Especially, I mean, which is annoying. Cause, I grew up yeah. with I grew up with Transformers and He Man, and we always had like an, about an equal number of bad guys and good guys, so you could clash them together and. You know, if you grow up in Japan with with uh, Sentai toys, they always make toys of the giant robot, and then there's nothing for them to fight. You just, I guess, just make them hop along, or you know, I don't know. I feel like um, uh, this was a thing because I remember I watched a documentary recently about the making of these old toys, um, which you oh. probably may have seen as well. It's called "The Toys That Made Us." It's on Netflix. It's, it's very interesting. I still need to catch up. Oh, with it's, that worth, one. No, it's worth it's worth it it's worth checking out. But one thing that was yeah. interesting was apparently when they made GI Joe, they were like, "We're making GI Joe," and they're like. Is there a villain for them to fight? No, the kids will just have them fight their other toys. And I have a feeling like that was the oh. feeling of a lot of toy manufacturers, and that's why they just never bothered making the villains. They're like, yeah, kids will just have them fight whoever. doesn't matter. Oh, like rocks and bugs and Yeah, things. exactly, where they gave you the villains, and you just have to have some heroes to fight them. So, you know. Yeah, and the commercial specifically says, have them fight your robots, your superheroes, and your barbarians. Uh, you know, they really, I am still disappointed there was no rocks and bugs and things cartoon. Yeah. In fact. That's a future podcast. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, when I was a little kid, that was the toy line that I went nuts for. It was rocks and bugs and things. I was yes, totally into them. That was how we met. Oh, that's right, because I had the little mortal icon on uh, I yeah, Aim. Yeah, you said, hi. Uh, you, you, my, one of our mutual friends introduced uh, Mike to me. And I was like, you have a mortal for your icon. We are going to be good friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's And we were. And are. Yes, uh, but that was about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. So, yay. Wow. For anniversary. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, gosh. Well, it's 10 years. That's the, what is that, the porcelain anniversary? So. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll get you a, I'll get you a, one of those uh, Robot Man porcelain figurines. Oh, uh, do they exist? Is that a real thing? They might. Well, well, <laughs> I'll get you some, por I'll get you, I'll get you a, a toilet. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I can think of that's made of porcelain. What? Um, I'll get you a fearsome flush from the real Ghostbusters. Oh, hey, you know what? Oh, God, I remember that. I was just going through my mom's, like, basement the other day, and I found all my Ghostbusters toys. Do you remember? Oh, cool. Do you remember that, like, they that Winston or maybe Egon came with a ghost who would stick on his head? Yes, like I know that you one. know that one, that, right? That was the first one I wanted. Yeah. yeah, I had to have that one, the one who could wear a ghost on his head. Yeah, because I remember that all four of them came with their own ghosts. One was the one you could wear on your head. There was one who had like a beak. There was one that had like a weird yeah. wrapping tail, and there was one with the really long arms. Yeah, they all. So the whole idea with them was that they didn't have any moving parts, but they could still interact with the Ghostbusters in some way or other. Oh, that's clever, actually, now that I think about it. Cause... Yeah, I had one that was, uh, like, it was two ghosts who were tied together by their long tails, and the idea was that you draped them over Peter's shoulders. Oh, that sounds so familiar. I think I might... Ah, I think I, I remember that one. 
Um, yeah. There were some good ones in that, but um, but but sorry, getting back to the rocks and bugs and thing, I just want to say, <laughs> what when I was a little kid, we lived in um, uh, we lived overseas and in yes. in Germany, and we were moving to the United States, and I did not want to move. Because, you know, I was a little kid and I didn't want moving. And my dad was like, you know what they might have in the States? They might actually have a Rocks and Bugs and Things cartoon series. And I, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, they might. And, of course, there wasn't one. So I, I was watching TV for, like, every day I'd be watching and saying, well, it's got to be on at one point, you know, at some point. Everything's got a cartoon. Um, oh, damn. Uh, what are you going to do, though? But anyway, <laughs> that, uh, that is what it is. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, Robot Man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Robot Man, uh, when Michael is dead and in that machine, and they're gonna revive him, they put a ro- Robot Man is the one who jumps forward and says, "Like I'm in the machine, so I'm the one who's gonna bring Michael back." You know, and yes. they 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 zap him, and he you know he comes back. Um, you know, from the other side. And Robot Man also comes back. Yeah, and um, so you. So this cartoon has three different. He's okay. Yeah, it's like, whoo! I was really worried there for a second. Yes. I was really worried that this uh, this uh, tel- children's cartoon would actually kill off the main character in its premiere yes, episode. Yeah, I was worried that you know Robot Man wouldn't make it to the next episode of Robot Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a very ironic title in this series. Darkly ironic. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, it, not that there was another episode, so who knows? Yeah, they might as well have killed him now that you think about it. <laughs> For all, so Robot Man apparently did not hit, uh, did not take off. They did not make any more Robot Man cartoons. It, no. It, so, what would you think about a Robot Man cartoon based on the comic strip? I, you know, I mean, I guess I'd be okay with it as much as I guess I'd enjoy, probably enjoy it as much as any other, uh, you know cartoon show that's based on an actual or cartoon special that's based on an actual comic because yeah. you know the Robot man comic it's got some legs it's it's amusing i don't really know it's been around for 33 yeah. years now shoot it's one of those comics that i i'm not really sure what they would do in a special uh, unless it was holiday themed you know yeah yeah especially since I mean, robot man himself is gone so it's just yeah. monty and is he st- so you think it would be a monty special is he yeah. still an inventor does he still invent stuff yes he actually invented another robot who was not named Robot Man. So. Okay, so he could, yeah, so he could probably do some wacky invention that would go haywire. And um, when when you think about it, he's basically the Kooky Cooper of the comic. So he, yeah, he is. He couldn't. Okay, so in the Monty cartoon special, Monty invents a bicycle that plays musical instruments, <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, it writes itself. <laughs> Robot Man. Yeah. A incredible example of how weird marketing can get. Yeah, so... And how weird it is that we, the children of the 80s, allowed it to shape our lives so much. Well, not allowed it to. It would have no matter what. Yeah, you can't escape it, you know? Yeah. We we, live, we grew up in those times, and now, now we're all... Yeah, and look what it did. Good job. Yes. People always wonder why, why the, uh, you know... The Xennials uh, never amounted to anything. It's because we were too busy watching Robot Man. And no one will touch our hearts. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know, we're all atomized by capitalism and late capitalism, and yeah, no one's touching our hearts. So you know, we, we don't have any. Uh, we don't have any. What is it? Love fuel. 
what, no. what do they say? Now we're all programmed to hate. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put this in my memory bank, as Robot Man would say. Because <laughs> um, he's a robot, remember? He, I like when he says stuff yes. to remind us of that. They like to they like to use those things like, use your, you know, I'll count it off on my manipulators. Yeah, it's like, well, it's good that they remind us they're robots. You know, otherwise I would have forgotten. I see my claw in front of my optics. <laughs> It's like I'm gonna open my my uh, my eye sphincters, my, my <laughs> cyberpunk eye sphincters, sphincters. Yeah, whatever you call those things. Irises. Irises. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Robot Man is a, it's a it's a fascinating relic, and um, honestly, it really is. Honestly, the Robot Man com or Monty comic is you know it's one of the comics that I think. Um, uh, would do fine as a as an animated special. I'd I'd watch it. Yeah, I think it has some kind of surprised. I was about to say I'm kind of surprised that it didn't, but it did. We just watched it. We we don't even make the connection. Now Jim Medic had nothing to do with the animated special. No, he's never seen this cartoon. Seriously, he was like, no, yeah, he was like, I don't, I never wanted to watch it because I didn't want anything from it to get into my comic. But I was just doing two completely different things. I, I'm still really confused about like the thought process that went into this entire thing. But um, I guess, uh, well, it's interesting that Robot Man, the cartoon uh, didn't go anywhere, even though obviously that was more true to the Robot Man uh, idea that, yeah. Pete Shelley had, yeah, because yeah. I mean, uh, but then this completely uh, different Roman comic strip seems to have done fairly well, because you know, yeah, even if they had to shed Robot Man along the way, yeah, I mean, it's still out there, um, and it sounds like it from Wikipedia says that that was the comic strip was an immediate success, so you know, I, I guess the, I had Robot Man in my the in my newspaper for one day and one day only. Really, what happened? It was the time that Bloom County ran the strip where little Ollie Funt said, Reagan sucks! <laughs> and Oh, and they, they were like, nope, nope. And they replaced it with Robot Man for the day. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I think uh, they, they were saying a very, very controversial uh, thing there in Bloom County. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't say that about our most Reagan-esque president. <laughs> Man, uh, that was... Uh, wow, they really cut it for... Reagan sucks. Reagan sucks. Yeah, but you know, on the comics page, the word "sucks" is not very welcome for some reason. Mm, yeah, I mean, Garfield got in a little trouble for saying Mondays suck, but well, you know, I do think it. Well, of course, even back then, like I think the word "suck" was um, uh, had a lot more. Um, the connotations were a lot worse than they are today because now everyone yeah, says it. Yeah. But I remember as a kid, like you got in. When I was a kid, you got in trouble if you said something sucked. You you, huh. you could say something stank. Like, kids, you said that all the time. But yeah. sucked was a word that only the cool older kids could use. And then beavers and butthead. And in the 90s, yeah. we got into bites. Oh, that's we right. bites. Yeah. And um, and it's funny that suck has kind of become the, um, you know, that is the, the word that's kind of come into common parlance. Yeah. Because only the critic says that things stink. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that is that is Robot Man. Uh, is there anything else that uh, we should we should mention? There was a lot we we skipped over, but you know what? You can't talk about all of Robot Man. It's just like I'm just all out of love. <laughs> well, we might return to it again if we uh, if we have more words on Robot Man. <laughs> 
Um, uh, yes, Ethan, is there anything that you want to want to say or plug uh, before we? Hey, mm-hmm. hey! If you're if you liked our podcast and want to see more of me and more of us, then check out uh, thehungryreader.com for my video series where I review books sometimes with Mike. And also, if you want to see more of my uh, creative output, check out my amazing new collaborative novel, Joy Traveler, available at the link below. Nice. And if you want to see more of me, uh, as always, uh, check out my Twitter at BitterCorilla or my website, guttersnackcomic.com, and buy my book, which is very good and available now on the internet. I've read it. It's fantastic. Yes, that's right. My copy came with an my copy came with an extra special mini book. Are there any more copies of that? Oh, of the, the mini book? Yes. Uh, you know what? I have a few, but uh, that is uh, for me alone. Those are only for the Kickstarter backers. The rest of you suckers oh. missed out. But it's Aww. okay, because you can still get the main book, which is also really good, even without all the fun extras. Even, you know, the main book is the one that has the main story in it, uh, which is, oh. you know, it's all about Christmas, which, of course, uh, everyone will want to read about right now. In late February. Let me tell you, if you like stuff like Robot Man, if you like weird 80s throwback stuff, you will absolutely love Firebrand. Oh, that's right. It actually is very thematic with today's episode because it is yes. actually entirely making fun of these late 80s toyetic uh, feelings cartoons. They are actually an important part of the plot. Yeah. So, you know, um, if you're like, you know, our age, you'll, you'll probably remember a lot of it. And if you're not... You'll remember it because you listened to this episode, and now you know everything about that genre of cartoon. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, we'll see you next time. I want to hug you, Robot Man, because we love you so much, Robot Man. Robot Man.